You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. Somewhere along the way, they were doing good and they got sidetracked and they stumbled and they drifted and they didn't finish. They didn't finish. So Jesus says, your works aren't perfect because you haven't finished. You haven't fulfilled them. One of my prayers and desires is that when my time comes, I'll be able to say with Paul, I finished my race. I finished my assignment. I kept the faith. And so I'm gonna hear the words, well done. Have you ever experienced false teachers in your walk with Jesus? Have you ever been unsure of what to believe in our rapidly evolving world? Today in his message, Pastor Jeff shows you the importance of weeding out bad teachings. When someone claims to be a prophet or have alternative knowledge beyond the Bible, well, it's not a good sign. Turn to God's Word first in everything you do and be reassured in its promises. People will always let you down, but God's perfect grace never will. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, as he begins his message, Sardis, the lifeless church. So far, we've looked at four of the seven churches. Here they are quickly. First church we looked at was Ephesus. Ephesus was the lacking church. It was lacking because they had lost their first love. Smyrna, the second church, was the loyal church because they had kept Jesus' name in the worst and toughest of times. They had not denied him. So they were the loyal church. Pergamos, the third church, was the lax church because they had things going on in their midst that the leadership should have been dealing with and they didn't. So they were the lax church. We looked at Thyatira, the loose church. That's where Jezebel was. And they had immorality issues going on and idolatry going on in Thyatira. Now today we're looking at the church in Sardis, which is the fifth church that Jesus addresses. Now, the city of Sardis itself, remember, all these churches, these seven churches, were all real churches in real cities in John's day. They were all located in what today would be modern Turkey. They were all there, seven cities, seven churches, and today the city of Sardis is where this fifth church was located. Sardis was very old and very famous. Sardis was sort of like New York City. You always go to New York City and see the lights. Sardis was a famous city like that. It was really on the map. 700 years before this letter that John writes to Sardis under the instruction of Jesus, uh, Sardis had been one of the greatest cities in the entire world. They were extremely wealthy. They were not in any way, they didn't have a homeless problem. No, they were wealthy. One of the ways they were wealthy, get this, there was a river called Pactolus that flowed through Sardis and it carried down gold dust from a mountain there. I would love to find that river and I'd be in there with a pan, right? But here's the thing, this was real. Gold dust came down from the mountain in this river and the king of Sardis, uh, learned how to get this gold, and he used it to hammer out and mint the first gold coins. He did it with the gold dust that flowed in this river. And that's one of the things that made Sardis wealthy. 
When John wrote this letter, they were still very well off economically. Their economy was humming. It was humming from making and selling beautiful woven fabrics and jewelry. Their economy was good. They didn't have an inflation problem. They didn't have high gas prices. Just kidding. There was no gasoline. Just want to see if y'all were there. So it was doing well. Doing very, very well, watch this, economically. But it goes to show you that because you're rich doesn't mean you're right. Because Sardis had become lethargic and decadent, which happens to most nations. They get really rich and wealthy. They kick back. They get loose in their morals. They begin to walk away from God. And that's what happened to Sardis. The past splendor of Sardis was now only a decaying memory. Because in fact, spiritually and morally, Sardis was depraved. Sardis was depraved. They had turned themselves over to the flesh. And like Rome did later, the Rome that John was in, and and I'm going to say it, America is doing now. The Sardis of the Apostle John's day was decaying and rotting from the inside out. And that is precisely what's happening to our country today. I love America. I'm not slamming America. I care about America. And that's why I'm telling the truth about America. As Sardis did and as Rome did and as other great cultures of the past did, America is rotting from the inside out. We, we have a, an incredible moral depravity problem right now. And the only answer is not Republicans, not Democrats, not Washington. The only answer is prayer and Almighty God. That's the only answer. For example, the leaders of Sardis had allowed a prostitution temple to be built to the false goddess or goddess Diana. Diana was the mythical goddess of the moon, the hunt, and fertility. And this temple that they built to Diana in Sardis was the seventh largest temple in the world of that day. And it was the setting for all kinds of sin and debauchery. So it goes to show you the leaders of Sardis had totally departed from any knowledge or honor for the true God and they had given themselves over to idolatry. They gave huge honor to a fake goddess that led people into immorality. And they also entertained a lot of mystery cults as well. And when they would get together to uh, honor and worship these idols that were involved in the mystery cults, it was these meetings were marked by wild emotional hysteria and bodily humili- uh, 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 mutilation. And whenever you see bodily mutilation, you're watching the devil at work because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and God would never lead you to hurt it. Then next we come to the church in Sardis. So here is this corrupt, depraved, decadent culture, the city of Sardis, and that's where God planted a church. And that's the way it ought to be. You ought to put a church in the worst of places to shine the light into the dark. Amen. And so God led, don't know who, but somebody went and started a church there and you have this now church in Sardis that was important enough to Jesus that it's the fifth church he singles out and brings a word to. Jesus' take on them was this. 
You've got a reputation for being alive, but let me tell you the truth about yourselves. Uh, you're actually dead. You're spiritually dead. Your reputation and the truth of the matter aren't the same. Man sees one thing, I see another. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And so he says, your reputation is that you're alive, but the truth of the matter is you're not. Do you know there's a lot of churches all over the world that have a reputation for being alive, for being a happening church, the place to go, but actually when Jesus looks at it, it's dead because it's religious, but it doesn't have relationship with him. It's religious, but it's not alive. They, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And, and, and so this, is, this was Sardis. The Lord has no positive words for this church. The other churches, he always begins with attaboys. But with this one, there's no attaboy. He starts out with, with correction immediately. Listen again to his diagnosis. I know all the things that you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Is he telling them to wake up from their sleep? No, wake up spiritually. Wake up, strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. There's a few things flickering with life among you, and those are about to die too. So wake up, wake up. So this Sardis church was on life support. It had been alive, but something had happened to it. Their outer appearance and their reputation covered up an internal dying condition. The great physician had taken their pulse and pronounced them dead. Now, again, that's not us, but there's something here for us to learn today because God didn't put this in his word by mistake, amen? So to the casual observer, let me tell you about this church. To the casual observer, they were happening. To the casual observer, they were doing lots of good things. Jesus said, I know your works. That means they were doing things. They weren't just sitting there dead. Their activities didn't belie their spiritual condition. They were active. I know your works. So they were involved in doing things. They were active. Their reputation around town, I'm talking hypothetically here, but I think I'm probably pretty accurate. Uh, their reputation around town might have been described as being progressive, having a nice building, a lot of money, doing great works of charity. Their reputation around town was positive, upbeat, they had, a, they had a good reputation around town. Jesus said, you've got a name that lives, that you're alive, that you're happening, that you've got it going on. The Bible says man looks on the outer appearance, as I said, but God looks on the real heart. Therefore, the glorified Savior, the head of the church, pierces through the facade in this letter to Sardis and diagnoses their spiritual illness. It says he didn't find their works perfect. That word perfect means finished or complete. They had not finished what God gave them to do. What did Jesus say on the cross? It is almost finished. No, he said it's finished. What did Paul say? I have finished my race. It's one thing to start, it's another thing to finish. Many people start strong and end weak, start good and end bad. We're not in a hundred yard dash, we're in a marathon. 
And God says, we, we need to finish strong. If you start strong, finish strong. Don't faint on the path. Don't faint along the way. But if you started strong, end strong. And they had not ended strong. Paul wrote a man named Archippus once and he said, see to it, Archippus, you complete, finish, fulfill the ministry you've received in the Lord. It's so important to finish what God has given us to do. There's a reason God let you wake up this morning. There's a reason God let me wake up this morning. Why do you let us wake up? Because we've got time now to finish what he's given us to do, to bear the fruit, to influence others for Christ, to live for him, to glorify him. We're not here by mistake. Our times are in his hand and we're to finish what we've started. How many of you want to finish your assignment? The Sardis church had not finished their assignment. Somewhere along the way, they were doing good and they got sidetracked and they stumbled and they drifted and they didn't finish. They didn't finish. So Jesus says, your works aren't perfect because you haven't finished them. You haven't fulfilled them. One of my prayers and desires is that when my time comes, I'll be able to say with Paul, I finished my race. I finished my assignment. I kept the faith. And so I'm going to hear the words, well done. Not well almost done. Not well kind of done. Not well a little bit done, but well done. Come on, everybody. So, so let's unpack this. Let's unpack this. Why did Jesus call them spiritually dead? What, what, was the, what were the termites eating away at the strength and the, the, the uh, integrity of this church? First of all, compromise. Compromise. The church in Sardis had compromised with its pagan worldly surroundings. You know, you and I, we, we've got three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil, right? And, and we've got to maintain a victory over all of them. The world and its ways are always contrary to God's ways. That's why John said, don't love the world or the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, what's in the world? What drives the world? What, what is the engine that... that, that that accelerates the world and drives the world. It is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those, those are the engines that drive this world. John said, don't love it. For all that is in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are not from the Father, but they're from the world. And this world is passing away and all the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God will abide forever. We're called to have victory over the world. What is it? What is the victory? What is the victory that overcomes the world? The Bible says, even our faith. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. But Sardis had lost their battle with the world. Remember, they were surrounded by a very corrupt culture. They lost their kingdom saltiness. Amen. What did Jesus say? You're the salt of the earth. What does that mean? That means where you go, he goes. That means when you walk into a room, you bring him with you. That's talking about the witness of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the reality of Jesus. We were out eating with a couple last night and um, I didn't mean to, but I slipped into preaching a little bit. 
I can't help it. I'm, even while I was doing it, I was saying to myself, Jeff, you're preaching. But I just kept going. Okay? Because I'm, I'm talking to them. And I said, I was talking about how the, the greatest decision and most important decision of your entire life is to walk with him. There is no more important decision than that. It is infinitely more important than who you marry, what your career choice is, where you live. There is no decision that can begin to hold a candle to that one. What am I doing with Jesus? What have I done with Jesus? How have I responded to Jesus? My voice is, uh, it carries. And I'm saying this at this table and I started getting animated. You know me, I'm doing this. And I turn and I see the table next to me. They're all listening. Okay? And I thought, oh, well, I'm going to keep going. So what was I doing? I was salty. I was salty with the kingdom. I was salty with the things of God. I was sharing the things of Jesus. And, and at least a few people in tables next to us and the couple that we were uh, eating with and sharing with, the, the saltiness, the reality, the touch, the fragrance of the kingdom of God was coming out. Now, I'm not patting myself on the, on the back. Listen, we all are carriers of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within you. And Jesus said, what good is salt if it loses its flavor? Can, can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Any church that loses its saltiness, its witness of the kingdom of God is worthless as a church. Thank God for all the souls being saved via ministries that Turning Point is involved in. Thank God for all the lives that are being changed, the constant testimonies we receive, because that's what God called the church to do. And Sardis had lost that. Something happened. Jesus said there's only a few. He says, you have a few people in your group, your church, who have kept themselves clean. Only a few in this church had held fast to Jesus and the teachings of the kingdom of God. The rest of them had drifted, had been defeated by the world. They had loved the world. They had shaken hands with the world. Uh, they had allowed the world, they were put in Sardis to influence Sardis, but now the corruption in Sardis was influencing them. That's never God's will. We're supposed to look different, think different, talk different, walk different, have different worldviews. We're supposed to stand out in a good way as being decidedly different from the world. Amen. But Jesus says, there's only a few in your church. So compromise with that corrupt culture was part of what was killing them. Second, they'd replace true anointing with endless activity. Listen, activity doesn't mean you're anointed. Amen, just because you're busy, busy, busy. Remember Martha? She's mad at Mary because Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to the word of God. Martha's in the kitchen. Pans are clanging. Doors are slamming. She finally comes in and she says, Lord, would you tell her to get up and help me? I'm doing all the work. I'm the busy one. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, when he says your name twice, you're in trouble. <laughs> Martha, Martha. How many of you ever, Jeff, Jeff. Oh, no, I don't want to hear it. Martha, Martha, you are careful and worried and distracted with so many things. 
but Mary has chosen the good part which will never be taken away from her, okay? Busyness does not equate into anointing. There's a lot of churches busy like beehives, but there's no anointing, there's no life, there's no salvations happening, no soul winning, no spiritual fruit. They're just religiously active. But activity doesn't save you. Activity doesn't mean you're doing God's work. Jesus said, I know your deeds. So they were very busy. But Jesus said, you've got a reputation of being alive. And that suggests that the outer appearance was very positive. This church was humming, but they were dead. Uh, it had a reputation for being a happening church. The buzz on the streets, I'm just guessing, was probably, hey, if you're looking for a church, go to the church in Sardis right down the street. It is happening they are doing all kinds of things. There's all kinds of things you can plug into. Jesus said, I see all of your activity, but spiritually, there's no pulse. It was no doubt well attended. Most people had a positive opinion of this church. From what? From all the visible things they were doing. If you were moving from Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, and going to Sardis, your pastor would probably have said, you be sure you go to the church in Sardis, it's happening but the reputation was not the reality. Rather than Sardis impacting the city, the city impacted Sardis. Jesus said most of them had defiled their garments. That means most of them had caved the corruption of the world. Let me tell you folks, talking honestly and truthfully, I've never seen more corruption, more immorality, more depravity, more degeneracy than our nation is in right now. And it's knocking on your door and my door 24 seven, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So we must take our stand and say, I will not defile my garments. I will not succumb to or cave into the corruption of this culture. I'm gonna be a light shining into the dark. I'm gonna be an answer and not a question mark. I'm gonna be an exclamation point. I'm gonna make a difference. Are you hearing me? So that was another contributor to their deadness. All kinds of activity, but no anointing, no life. So here's some good news. How many of you are ready for some good news? Let me give you some good news. Here's the good news. The situation in Sardis was not hopeless. It wasn't hopeless. Jesus gives a remedy in verse two. He says, be watchful and strengthen what remains, the things that are ready to die what little bit of spiritual reality they still had, Jesus said, stop now and revive what is still barely alive. He exhorts them, strengthen what still remains. If you catch yourself in time, you can recover. Amen. There's always hope with Jesus. I don't care where you are, what you've done, how far you've drifted. There's always hope in Jesus. As long as your heart is beating and you're waking up in the morning, I don't care how dire it looks, there is hope in Jesus. He can turn anything, deliver you from anything, heal you from anything, set you on the right path. There is hope in Jesus. His solution is found in verse three. So don't forget what you have received and heard. Obey it. Change your hearts and lives. So here's what he's saying in a nutshell. He's saying, if you find yourself in a hole, first thing you do is stop digging. If you find yourself in a hole, stop 
digging. Don't make matters worse. Is your faith on life support? Have you been walking with Jesus, but your relationship with Him is hanging by a thread? What a powerful message from Pastor Jeff, showing you how to renew your faith. If you want to experience a brand new revival in your faith and jumpstart your love for Jesus, tune out the world's influences and experience His love just like it was at the beginning. Don't let your faith fester. Get back to who you know you are through God's grace. We'd love for you to have additional resources. Here's Diane with more. You've been listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Would you be interested in helping support this ministry as we further the gospel? All you have to do is go to hardwired.org and click on Donate. For anyone who donates $20 or more in the month of December, we'll send you a 2024 calendar with daily scripture readings. Just go to hardwired.org to donate. Here's Daniel one more time with a sneak peek about the next edition. We live in a society that values productivity. Everywhere we turn, we're being told that the key to success is staying busy. Oftentimes, this ideology can seep its way into the church and cause us to live a works-based life with Jesus. Next time on Hardwired with Pastor Jeff, he wants you to know to leave the busy work behind and focus on God's perfect love. It's important to put in hard work for His kingdom, but nothing matters more than sacrificing your all for Jesus. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in for this edition of Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. You can listen to more messages from this and other books of the Bible by visiting hardwired.org. Join us next time to continue our study in the book of Revelation right here on Hardwired.